Welcome. This is Ram Forward, a weekly podcast about the Los Angeles Rams. Hosted by two guys in California and Florida, it's LA Rams coast to coast. Hello again, I'm Forrest Kelly on the West Coast in Southern California. And I'm Mark LZ Rams on the East Coast in Northeast Florida. And this is Ram Forward, uh, coast to coast. The first game for the Rams, we were all prepped for it. I know I I was watching with my dad, and the uh, all communication was shut off and everything. We had uh, had the game rolling. We had the pizza ready. And almost immediately, I looked uh, to my dad and I said, "Uh uh-oh, this doesn't look good. How about you? Well, I was also excited. I uh, was looking forward to the run it back thing, and I also got bad vibes right from the get-go. In fact, at no point in the game did I really think we were going to win. I know that you've got three key points that you that you uh, very well put uh, about the overall what happened with the Rams, and let's uh, let's touch on your first point. Okay, the three most glaring reasons for the loss. Number one. Super Bowl hangover versus team on a mission. If you remember last season, Buffalo lost that heartbreaking game to the Chiefs in the divisional round. And that's a game I'm sure they thought they had won and the Chiefs scored at the very end and then won it in overtime. So the Bills, they must have been seething about that offseason and they played like an angry team and they took out that anger on the Rams. Conversely, the Rams played like a team who spent the last six months patting themselves on the back, attending parades, guzzling champagne, basking in the limelight and trying to talk their head coach and best player out of retirement. If you remember, we went through that business over the summer, Sean McVay and Aaron Donald, they were contemplating retirement, they were going to do other things, and it wasn't a very good narrative then, and I don't know how much of that carried through. Anyway, they just didn't come close to matching the Bills' intensity. I don't know if you noticed or not, sometimes you couldn't tell whether it was a Ram play or a Bill play because of the so many Bills fans being in the stands. Well, that's going to be a common theme from talking to my friends on Turf Show Times, many of whom live out in L.A. There's just not a strong enough fan base for the Rams. And there's a lot of people from all over the country who live in Southern California and the Rams tickets uh, holders, season ticket holders, sell their tickets to these out of town fans and they flood the games. We saw that in the 49ers game and we saw it a little bit in the Bills game. And that's just going to be a common thread that Rams unfortunately don't have much of a home field advantage, but they're just going to have to uh, work through that and live with it. Yeah, I know you, you mentioned the Super Bowl hangover. Being here in Southern California, we get a lot of local, what they call local ads, and you can see the uh, players are, are involved in those things. So that's what you're saying when you say Super Bowl hangover. They're doing things that are off the field that are distracting where Buffalo was coming off that disappointing low loss. Exactly. The, the Bills were focused on winning the game. The Rams, I don't think, realize, hey, look, 2021 is over. This is a new season, and they, they need to play with some anger. I still got the feeling that they just were sluggish. In fact, uh, Turf Show Times poster L.A. Champ suggested that the Rams might have a Super Bowl hangover. I dismissed that possibility because I figure we have a veteran team. We have a good coach. He wouldn't let that happen. But he was right and I was wrong. One other point, I think the Rams starters need to play at least three quarters in the preseason from now on. McVay has been doing this thing where... The guys who are locks to make the team, they don't play one snap in the preseason to try to prevent them from getting injured. But the problem with that is they come out very rusty. It it worked the last couple of seasons because we played our opening games against some weaker opponents. But when you're going up against a team as good as the Bills, you better be ready to go. And now that he's been humiliated on an opening day, maybe he'll realize that the starters need to get in at least a few reps in the preseason in order to hit the ground running on game one. 
That's a good point. In fact, uh, Sean McVay did mention that at the press conference about uh, the starters not playing in the preseason. We've done that consistently. Bottom line is I didn't do a good enough job getting us ready to go to our capabilities. I, I have total belief and confidence in what we can do moving forward. Whether we won tonight or whether we had a humbling experience like this, we've got 16 games guaranteed left. And we're going to dust ourselves off. We're going to look ourselves in the mirror. We're going to be accountable to the things that we can all do better within the framework of our roles. And we're going to move forward the right way. And that's all I know how to do in our last episode where you're saying the keys for the rams to win um you mentioned the exact things that they did not do right I'll, I'll get to that in my third point when i talk about the offense first i want to talk about the defense because that has been a common thread rams defensive coordinator raheem morris yeah the cornerbacks playing 10 yards off the wide receivers most of the game that made it so easy for the bills all josh allen had to do was take one step back, get the ball out quick, throw a five-yard pass. The receivers got the ball. They didn't do any dancing. They just turned up field, ran, got what they could. So every, almost every down, the, the Bills are getting seven, eight yards. So they're starting off second and two all the time. It makes it very easy to get first down after first down when it's second and two. Meanwhile, on our side, no ability to run the ball. We run the ball on first down. We get one yard, two yards. They're second and two. We're second and eight. So what do you think is going to happen if, if that happens, you know, all the time? I'm actually, you know, shocked that Raheem Morris didn't adjust to that in the second half. That was the Bills game plan. Throw the ball short, pick up five, six, seven yards on first down. Okay, Jalen Ramsey had a horrible game. The passer rating against him was something like 158, which means basically every pass in his direction was completed. The problem is that he's a man-to-man -man press corner who's being forced to play that soft zone coverage. If this continues, Morris is going to destroy Ramsey's skill set. He needs to be right up there on the opposition's number one receiver, hounding his every move and tracking his every step. What good is a shutdown corner if you don't have him shutting anyone down? I mean, this seems like common sense. The readers on Turf Show Times were complaining about this last year. If you recall, the prior year, Brandon Staley was our defensive coordinator, and he employed a lot more press coverage than Raheem Morris uh, has been doing, and I think that's a lot more effective. Well, you make a good point there. In fact, to Jalen Ramsey, after the game, he said the Rams players on the sidelines would have preferred to play more man coverage. She said, quote, they're really attacking our little zones, like our soft spots in our zones. Obviously, we got to watch the film, but I'm sure we all would have liked to play man a little bit more. I feel kind of a mentality like bend, don't break a lot because they were driving the ball, but they weren't scoring like we were getting turnovers, interceptions, whatever it was, unquote. I'd also like to see Robert Rochelle moved into the starting lineup at cornerback number two and Jordan Fuller moved into the starting safety along with Nick Scott and see our defensive backs playing closer to the line so that the quarterback just can't take the ball, throw a five yard out and pick up seven yards on every play. Right, exactly, because once that once they hinder the receivers, then the quarterback's got to hold on to the ball longer, and then the pass rush can come into play. Exactly right. Yeah. There was no pass rush, because how, how are you going to get a pass rush when the quarterback gets the ball out in two seconds? You can't. The third and final point was that the offensive scheme was terrible. And I alluded to this in the last podcast, where one of my main concerns was that McVeigh gets very predictable and very uh, dull with his offense. We saw several games last year, especially in the middle of the year when we went through that losing streak, where it was predictable, unimaginative, ineffective, and just plain dull. And that's exactly what we saw on Thursday. In the McVeigh years, the Rams offense works best when they have a lot of pre-snap motion, some bubble screens, regular screens, jet sweeps, rollouts, and an occasional flea flicker. 
This keeps the defense off balance. Thursday, the passing attack was way too much passing from the straight drop back. Yeah, we had a few rollouts, but there wasn't enough. If our offensive line is going to struggle all season like they did Thursday, we're going to need to move the pocket a lot more. I'm shocked that McVeigh had six months to prepare an offensive game plan, and that's all he came up with, straight dropbacks, play after play after play. So I was disappointed in that. Another problem was we had too many key guys who did little or nothing. Now, why they didn't contribute much remains to be seen. The team's going to have to watch the film, but there were some major problems there. Allen Robinson, who was brought in to be our wide receiver number two, what, in one catch? Tyler Higby didn't really do anything until garbage time. Chitari Satwell had one target, was incomplete. And Cam Akers, who now may be in McVay's doghouse because he didn't pick up a blocking assignment, he had three carries for zero yardage. Moose Skaronic, okay, he had four catches, but that only netted 25 yards. With Van Jefferson injured and Chitarius not seeing the field, we have no viable deep threat to spread the field right now. If this continues, it's going to make our intermediary passing game very difficult to succeed. Cooper Cup is a great player, but we are not going to win if he has to do everything all by himself. Final point on the offense, running back number three, Kyron Williams, is injured out and out six weeks. I think we should look into bringing a veteran running back. I suggest Latavius Murray. I'm concerned that neither Cam Akers nor Jake Funk has sufficient burst to get the job done. They both had leg injuries in their career. I watched Funk in the preseason. He doesn't seem to have any burst. I saw Akers run the ball three times. He doesn't seem to have any burst. So they can't expect Daryl Henderson to carry the load at running back all by himself. So I think they're really going to have to look into bringing another running back in because this is now five straight games where the running attack has been totally ineffective. Four games in the playoff last year and Thursday this year. They're not going to be able to win without some kind of running attack. And with Kyron Williams out, we'll probably see Jake Funk. I watched in the preseason. Frankly, didn't see anything that would make me think that he's going to pick up the running game. So again, that's why I think they should look into bringing in a veteran. Is Turf Show Times anybody saying uh, talking about uh, Adrian Peterson? Uh, it was mentioned that he's looking to play for the Rams. He also said he's looking to play for the 49ers. I think that Latavius Murray's younger. I think he's got more left in the tank. I would rather see that. But hey, they can bring these guys in. All Any and all guys that are available, bring them in, work them out, see who's got the better burst. I hope they decide if they don't, if the running game isn't squared away by this Sunday against Atlanta, I hope they start looking around right shortly thereafter. There's two other injuries. Brian Allen, our center, he's going to be out a few weeks. The logical move here is put Shelton at center and Tremaine Ankrum to right guard. The other issue is left tackle Joe Nopum is dinged up. Now, he may or may not play in game two. We'll have more on that later in the week. If he can't go, we're looking at Alaric Jackson or possibly Bobby Evans, more likely Jackson, uh, to play left tackle. And that's not a very encouraging thought to have either of those guys protecting Matt Stafford's blind side. So let's hope no boom's ready to go for Sunday against Atlanta. Yeah, I don't think there's a better team that the Rams can play coming off that uh, horrible first uh, loss than, than the Falcons. Exactly. This is a, one of the weaker games on the schedule. And I'll tell you, we better win this game. If we start off 0-2, having lost two in a row at home, including one to the lowly Falcons, that does not bode well. We don't want to have a repeat of 2019. If you remember, in 2018, we got to the Super Bowl and lost. And then in 2019, we didn't make the playoffs at all. We've got some problems in a lot of areas. And if we get off to an 0-2 start, the season could go south awfully fast. So let's hope for a rebound and a solid win on Sunday against Atlanta. But we'll have more about that later on in the week in our pre-game two uh, podcast. All right, my final thoughts. There were a lot of players who played poorly. My feeling is that when just about the entire team plays poorly, the main problem is with the coaching. Both Sean McVay and Raheem Morris need to rethink their schemes 
and adjust what they do to fit what the Rams players do best. This has been the Ram Forward Podcast. We ask that you like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you really like the show, feel free to write a review.